a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. So glad you're with me on the program today. We're going to be talking with Mike Harris from the Gun Owners Action League in Massachusetts about a, a situation in the town of Sudbury where uh, there are no gun stores. I don't even know that there are any plans for gun stores, but there are some activists in Sudbury who want to make sure that no gun store can open up inside of the uh, city limits, despite the fact that uh, voters in Sudbury rejected a measure to ban gun shows earlier this year. This is an idea that just won't go away. So we'll talk with Mike Harris of the Gun Owners Action League about that in just a moment. Before we do, though, Biden's America, it is crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers one after the other. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch meat next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy your way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that's why you should call GoldCo. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, thousands of five-star reviews, and they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. Right now, they're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today, qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. And now let's uh, get to our conversation with the Gun Owners Action League's Mike Harris about the uh, situation in Sudbury, Mass. Take a look and a listen. Mike, thanks so much for coming on the program, man. It's good talking with you today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Cam. Yeah, so this is not the first time that we've seen um, communities in Massachusetts try to put the kibosh on gun shops, right? I mean, I remember a couple of years ago now, you had Newton, Mass. uh, That kind of led the way. And then there were a bunch of Boston suburbs that uh, tried to pass their own zoning laws saying, ah, we're not going to have gun stores here. Yeah. What's interesting to me about what's going on in Sudbury is that, so they had this proposal earlier this year to change the zoning laws. We're not going to allow gun stores. There There aren't any gun stores in Sudbury right now, are there? Not that I know of, no. Yeah, okay. And and so this goes to the town meeting, which is one of those great New England institutions. Yeah. And this is voted down, right? The the, the people of Sudbury said, no, we don't want this ban on gun stores. But it didn't die. What happened? Uh, They just kind of held on to it, and they're putting it up for a special town meeting, from what I've I've heard. Uh Uh-huh. They're okay. just uh, so this is the same thing they did in uh Weston uh earlier. Uh shout out to a guy named Big Al Prescott. It, he, <laughs> it's his nickname. And he set up a um they were trying to do a similar thing uh up there, and uh they had a proposal to do a bunch of rezoning, same type of deal. Uh last year they he set up a group, actually, uh, Weston 2A or something, Westford 2A. I mm-hmm. forget what it was, but it was awesome. And uh, Rich reached out to us. We we worked with him a little bit. But uh, it was pretty – it was, like, solidly grassroots. He he did, like, almost all the legwork. We just kind of did some messaging and stuff. And uh, they killed it last year. And then they held on to it again for another year, proposed almost an identical one at this town meeting, killed it again. So they so defeated it twice. Yeah, the grassroots twice. activists have. Well, that that's good news in Weston. And I hope that the same yeah. thing can be done here in in Sudbury. Yeah. Um. I guess this week the uh, Democratic Town Committee 
mm-hmm. reiterated its support for the bylaw. I'm looking at this from uh, uh, the local yep. patch. Uh, uh, and so this proposal, I guess, is now going to the zoning board, right? Are they are they trying to get around a town meeting in Sudbury? Are they trying to do this without citizens' input? So I don't I don't think they can do that. I, okay. I have to I have to look up the. Um, I haven't had a chance to look at Sudbury's charter yet. Okay. Um, but there's so the, so the the issue is they can they can keep taking bites of the apple with this stuff. Yeah. Um, over and over again, and that's kind of. It's the front of the battle that nobody's really talking about is the local stuff. Um, we have no preemption laws in Massachusetts. Local municipalities can kind of pres- they can present their own stuff over and over again, so they can just keep taking bites at the apple on this stuff um, over and over until they get the result they want, which is you know a shame. And and the other side of the coin is there's there's not a Unless there's a big shakeup in the state house, there's usually not a there's usually not a ton of turnover in mm-hmm. the local governments in Massachusetts, um, because um, I don't know if I don't know if a lot of people in the audience in your audience are familiar with New England local government, but it's it's very different from a lot of different parts of the country where we have you know the boards of selectmen that are set up as kind of a little town council, and we have the town administrator. Uh, who kind of just delegates everything. Um, but the real legislative power in a town is, like you said, that venerable institution, the the town meeting. <laughs> so it's right. really just a numbers game. Yeah, which I guess, again, I mean, it, 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 that can be good for gun mm-hmm. owners. That can be bad for gun owners, right? When you have those grassroots activists right. who can who can show up, you can push back on these things. But mm-hmm. if you live in a in a community where anti-gun sentiment runs strong, uh, then all of a sudden, you know, your your rights are uh, can be tossed out the window. I mean, in Sudbury, right. it, it sounds like the um, the at least the uh, folks on the select board who are in favor of uh, this uh, uh, zoning change, mm-hmm. they're citing this Ninth Circuit decision from 2017 called Teixeira right. versus uh, County of Alameda. And what's fascinating yep. about this is I, I don't think that's that's good law. I mean, I don't think it was a good decision to begin with, but I don't think it's good right. law uh, after Bruin. You know, we just had this other case out of the, uh, well, U.S. District Court, but it's going to get appealed probably to the Ninth Circuit, dealing with California's ban on gun shows um, mm-hmm. at the county fairgrounds and on all state right. property, right? And a federal judge yeah. said, no, 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 you can't do that. Um, in this case, the Sudbury folks are saying, well, I mean, look, the, the Ninth Circuit said that uh, – uh, this Alameda County law wasn't unconstitutional, even though it mm-hmm. basically prevented any new gun stores from opening right. up because there were already some existing gun stores. And they say, you don't have a right to sell a firearm. You have a right to keep arms. You have a right to bear arms, right. but you don't have a right to sell a firearm. Now, this federal judge in California said, you know what? You have the right to acquire a firearm, mm-hmm. right? You may not yeah. have a right to <laughs> sell a firearm, but you definitely have a right to acquire one. Um, yeah. And if you are just trying to make it harder for people to exercise that right, now you can't do that. Right. Um, now I don't expect that the uh, you know select board is going to abide by that the district court decision out of California. They'll 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 they'll, they'll take what they can. Yeah. But you know how concerned are you? I mean, if 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 Sudbury says, well, look, you can buy a gun in Natick, uh, you can buy a gun in you know a couple of other uh, neighboring towns, so we can ban guns here. What's to stop theoretically every town in Massachusetts from passing a gun store ban, and then all of a sudden, no, now you can't buy a gun anywhere. Right, right. So, 
so here's 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 the argument that I really hate making about this stuff. Um, in pretty much every town uh, across, I think at least in the Commonwealth, you have to have uh, you have to have in your town where you can sell tobacco, alcohol, now pot, <laughs> and have adult um, activities like you know gentlemen's clubs and and shops that sell certain materials you can't zone that stuff out of your town okay now as much as i do not enjoy equating the second amendment with uh a vice <laughs> there's a there we should also apply a similar principle to to this um you know i don't think i don't think in in tent wise that this will hold up i i don't even know if the first circuit would really jump on board with something like this i mean it's it's probably going to take a challenge like and and talking about the slippery slope mm -hmm. um to deal with this but yeah i mean it is a concern like i said there's no real preemption in massachusetts right municipalities can really kind of do whatever they please and the fact that um you know we're dealing with sensitive place restrictions right now uh, with you know forty one thirty nine, mm -hmm. and um, all of the other issues that are popping up surrounding you know gun free zones and things like that, um, zoning zoning games are uh, are a big part of it. And this is like I said, this is the front of the the battle that nobody really is paying attention to because right. it's not it's not sexy. It's not a big piece of legislation that's moving through the house. It's a bunch of towns making little procedural moves that have a big impact than bigger impact than people really realize they do. Absolutely. Yeah. I think this is yeah. fine under a lot of folks radar because mm -hmm. I, you know, as, as you say, this is maybe it's getting covered in the local news. Maybe right. not. Right. Depending on what town you're talking mm -hmm. about, you may not have much of a local news. Right. Uh, uh, so this, I think is a lot of people are unaware that yeah. this is taking and place. And, and on top of that, it's also a lot of times it, it's, it's such minutia. Right. That that people are like, Ugh, don't really want to look into it. It's kind of an in the weeds kind of thing. Right. The eyes start glossing over. You start yeah. talking about zoning and bylaws and uh, yeah. whatever. Um, but, you know, it is interesting because I think some of the towns that have tried to take these steps, maybe maybe Newton was one of them. I remember mm -hmm. at least one of these towns, the yep. idea originally was we're going to ban gun stores entirely. And then it was, well, hang on, if we do that, we're going to get sued and we're probably going to lose. So right. instead, let's change the zoning laws so that you can only open up a gun shop on the outskirts of town and this in this, you know, industrial part of town right. where nobody visits. Um, and that seems to be what some communities have adopted. Um, yeah. We can argue about whether or not that's a, a, a constitutional, but at least they're not instituting a, an outright ban. Right. Um, if a town like Sudbury does go forward uh, mm -hmm. and, and does just simply institute a blanket ban. Is that something that Goal would theoretically get involved in with litigation? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, our our charter at the moment <laughs> is not litigation. We're we're we most mostly deal with legislation, but we mm -hmm. we certainly get involved with things like this. Uh, you know, we've contributed to we contributed to the Maryland um, cases. Off the the name of it's not off off the top of my head right now. We we sent a. Um, the sensitive brief. places. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, the uh, the assault weapons ban. 
Oh, okay. Uh, Bianchi. Bianchi. Yes, Bianchi. Yes. Yeah, that's the one. Yes, we had a, uh, we sent uh, an amicus brief over in that. Um, You know, we, we had our own challenge to our assault weapons ban here back in 16. You know, we've, we always get involved at certain points. We're, we're, uh, we don't shy away from it, but you know, it's not on our, in our charter. Like we try to stop things from happening before they (laughs) get too bad. Um, But yeah, we have uh, our partners over at uh, Com2A are really good and, you know, we have good contacts with the, you know, Second Amendment Foundation, FPC, all those guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of uh, trying to defeat bad bills before they can turn into bad laws, mm-hmm. uh, I got to ask you what we got you here. So 4139 yep. passes out of the House. Senate says we're doing our own thing. Yep. Um, have you heard anything from the Senate side of the aisle since 4139 passed? We've had a couple of um, interactions with a couple of senators on um on that side of things um you know the the house the senate republican caucus is literally three people (laughs) um yeah and we have a special election coming up i think it's this coming tuesday if i'm not mistaken um to fill a vacant seat and we have a really really solid um both candidates actually uh, got an a rating from us and both candidates actually voted against 4139 on the floor so we're we're uh we're that'll be nice for us on the senate having those guys but we're we had an initial meeting with the senator cream cindy cream she's out of um out of uh the newton area which you know isn't a great sign that she's the one who goes who was assigned to the um the workshopping of this bill and uh but jim and i had a meeting with her a couple months ago and we kind of discussed you know where we're gonna where they're gonna go with this thing and you know it's not gonna be good right we don't know if it's gonna be as bad as this you know the this um 4139 kind of felt personal towards the end (laughs) yeah oh yeah absolutely well i think i I think it probably was you know because they wanted 4420 and you didn't let them get 4420 uh so do you think they're still going to try to do something on the Senate side before the end of the year? I know last time we spoke with Jim Wallace, he, he said that's kind of what the thinking was. But here we are, you know, we got the holiday season approaching. I know that, yeah. uh, you know, people are going to be in and out of the legislature, right. probably not a lot of uh, time to meet. So is yep. there a chance this gets pushed back to 24? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they've actually yesterday they came out with an I meant to say this. They came out with an announcement yesterday. Uh, the Senate president, uh, Senator Spilka said that we will not see we won't even see the first draft of any language until january huh. so yeah so it's it's so we've we have a, a few months to kind of uh converse and figure out what our strategy is going to be because I, I i can't spend my computer around but over in the corner uh, over here ahead of me on in my office we've been using it as the storage and i have uh a thousand of those signs sitting over there so we're like all right do we just get a bunch of numbers and renumber these and hand them out for the the next go around but yeah. right well it's good to know you got a couple of a uh, couple of months here to uh to oh, yeah. you know make those yeah. changes um but you know i and i i hope that gun owners in massachusetts are going to stay engaged they're going to stay aware mm-hmm. hope it's not a matter of okay well you know we, we can we can sit back and relax because i don't think that's the case right and it's you know I I think a lot of um I think a lot of gun owners and a lot of uh, people who aren't gun owners have kind of woken up to the process mm-hmm. um through this because I mean like we talked about last time I mean the amount of times they had to bend things 
around to get this bill to the floor. Um, when I explain it to people, they go, oh, my God. Like even my even my more left leaning friends who don't really like what I do for a living. Right. Um, I, I explain to them what happened and their their heads are spinning. That, that really shouldn't be like that. I'm like, yeah, we know <laughs> we we're, we made that argument as well. So, you know. Just keep it in mind next time something you care about comes up and uh, they don't want it to happen either. <laughs> right. Well, listen, man, I, I can't yep. thank you enough for all the no, work that you're doing there in Massachusetts. And I appreciate that you spend a couple minutes with us today. Um, I know we'll be talking again before the end of the year because there's always something going on. But uh, yes, gold.org, that's the website. Uh, if you're a Massachusetts gunner, heck, even if you're not a Massachusetts gunner, uh, help, help support Come the men and out. women who are uh, Second Amendment supporters there in Massachusetts. And Mike, thanks again, man. I look forward to no, talking to you again soon. Yeah, thanks a lot, Kim. Appreciate it. You bet. Many thanks to Mike for joining us on the program. We'll uh, keep you updated as to what's going on there in this Sudbury. But yeah, I, witch hunts aren't just confined to Salem uh, anymore in Massachusetts. Oh, no. Sudbury having a witch hunt of their own against uh, Second Amendment supporters and uh, those who would exercise their right to keep and bear arms. All right now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a case out of Memphis, Tennessee, where a suspect accused of murder at a, a restaurant in the Whitehaven neighborhood, turns out, was on probation. Now, the headline says for stealing cars. A little bit more than that. He was also accused of uh, having a stolen gun in his possession earlier this year. 20-year-old Damian Banks now facing numerous charges, including two first-degree murder charges. And he's accused of uh, killing two men at a restaurant known as The Table in uh, Whitehaven. Investigators say that Banks shot and killed Alfonso Turner, who's the owner of The Table, as well as 31-year-old Tadarius Day Sunday, uh, Tadarius Day, Sunday afternoon, uh, outside of the restaurant located on Elvis Presley Boulevard. Uh, on September 18th of this year, so less than two months ago, Banks was given probation for multiple charges, including two felony theft of property charges, theft of a firearm, as well as a misdemeanor marijuana uh, possession conviction. Now, again, three felonies, right, and a misdemeanor, and he got probation on all the charges. Uh, in the order that was uh, released by the court said that the defendant was a first-time offender and not likely to engage in a criminal course of conduct. Yeah. And again, that was September 18th. Here we are just a uh, couple of weeks after that order was entered. Police say Banks was on a spree of stealing cars all day Sunday. So already <laughs> uh, apparently in violation of his probation. And it ended with him trying to steal a car at the table restaurant. Somebody came outside and started firing shots. Banks told police that he left the restaurant and then came back to confront them and opened fire a second time. Banks currently being held without bond, but he is due back in court on Thursday morning for a bond hearing. And again, big question is, why was he out? Okay, so he was a first-time offender. Wasn't likely to reoffend again. On what basis was that determination made? And who made that determination? Because they shouldn't be allowed to make these types of determinations ever again if they were that wrong. You know, this isn't an umpire at a baseball game missing the strike zone by a couple of inches. This is somebody saying, hey, I don't think this person is really going to reoffend." And less than two months later, he's charged with two counts of first-degree murder. Now, today's, uh, did I say first-degree? Yeah, first-degree murder. Two counts, that's what he's facing. 
Today's Armed Citizen story. You know, sometimes we see these headlines and they kind of dance around the uh, uh, armed citizen or the defensive gun use. Nah, this headline from East Texas. Nope. Intruder shot in head. That's it. That's the entire headline. Uh, the uh, story itself from a Polk County Texas deputies and uh, detectives with the Polk County Sheriff's Office responding just after midnight a few days ago to a shooting in the Indian Springs subdivision in uh, Polk County. Sheriff's Office got a 911 call from the homeowner who reported that a male subject was trying to enter the front door of his home. Homeowner didn't want that individual inside the residence. An altercation ensued, according to the Sheriff's Department, resulting in the male subject being shot in the head. Deputies located the male subject in his vehicle approximately two miles from the homeowner's residence. He took off. After being shot, first responders had the subject flown to a uh, hospital in Harris County, uh, where he was actually released just a few hours later with non-life-threatening injuries. So uh, this would be intruder incredibly lucky uh, to walk away with just minor injuries. Interviews conducted, evidence collected at the scene. Uh, the event still under investigation, but again, at this point, appears to be a pretty clear-cut case of self-defense. Just up to a, a grand jury to make that official determination. We'll keep you apprised of any developments and details in this uh, defensive gun use there in Polk County, Texas. Finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, we'll enable to do the right thing. A couple of workers at uh, Southern California Edison who uh, were able to save a man's life after a car accident. Uh, this was, I, I, I got to say, I'm amazed by this story. This was a Visalia, California. It was about 8.30 Wednesday morning. Police said they got a call regarding a traffic accident with injuries and they were told that there was an unresponsive man inside the car. Before officers could arrive, they say a lineman and an apprentice with uh, Southern California Edison's Tulare District were driving to a work site. They saw the accident, or at least the aftermath, and they pulled over, saw the unresponsive man, were able to extricate him from the car, and actually administered CPR, as well as used a defibrillator, which I guess they had on their truck. And they were able to get his pulse back. They were able to get him breathing again. Sergeant Henry Martinez with the Vizalia California Police Department says, had they not taken immediate action, the victim likely would not have survived. It's clear that their actions saved a life. And we commend them for their bravery and dedication to helping others. Vizalia Police Department also thanked the Good Samaritans for their, quote, selfless and incredible actions. And really, I mean... Yeah, again, we talk about this all the time, just being in the right place at the right time. But they also had the training to do what needed to be done to save that stranger's life. So truly, a uh, as the Vizalia Police Department said, truly um, incredible actions on the part of these employees. Don't know who these workers for Southern California Edison are. Don't know their names, but uh, hopefully they're going to get some public recognition here in the days and weeks ahead. But uh, in the right place at the right time, will it able to save a man's life? Pretty good start to a workday, I'd say. That's going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I guess this wraps us up for the week. So we'll see you back here on Monday. But don't forget to check out BearingArms.com Friday over the course of the weekend. We've got you covered on all things Second Amendment. And if you like what you see, I'd encourage you to become a VIP or VIP Gold member as well. All you have to do, go to BearingArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS and you can get a significant savings on your VIP or VIP Gold membership. As our way of saying thanks for showing your support, we're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. News stories and analysis that matter because your support matters and it truly does make a difference. So thank you again. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.